In August 2021, in announcing that a judge-led independent public inquiry would be held into the handling of COVID-19 in Scotland, then First Minister Nicola Sturgeon said the Scottish Government would ensure that the inquiry had access to all government emails, WhatsApp messages and other forms of communication by which pandemic decisions were taken. For the avoidance of doubt, Sturgeon said, nothing would be off limits. Welcome to The Ordinary Elite with me, John McGovern, and my colleague, Mike Daly. Mike, you're looking a bit vexed this afternoon. What's up? <laughs> What's up? Well, John, um, j- just to give a, a little bit of context for our listeners, but I'm sure most people will be familiar with the position here, which is that um, we've got two inquiries ongoing that impact on Scotland at the moment. Uh, So we have a UK-wide public inquiry that's chaired by Baroness Hallett. And we also have a Scottish COVID-19 inquiry uh, that's sitting in in Edinburgh, I think in George Street at the moment. Uh, That's chaired by Lord Brailsford. Uh, And of course, these are both very senior uh, members of the uh, judiciary. Uh, Lord Brailsford, uh, Scotland, uh, and Baroness Hallett, of course, uh, England. And both sets of inquiries have got um, teams of appointed counsel, um, very experienced uh, advocates and barristers, uh, seniors and juniors. It's a big team of, uh, you know, an impressive lineup of of lawyers. Uh, And their job is, of course, to lead uh, the inquiry and get the evidence out, get at the truth, John, in terms of what happened. And there's formal powers for both inquiries and they, they, they each have their term of reference. Uh, and that term of reference is looking at a number of things, the impact of COVID itself on individuals and families, but much more than that uh, in terms of how how decisions were reached, were they based on scientific or empirical evidence, who decided that, you know, that certain things had to happen in certain ways where people were discharged, for example, from hospital into care homes. Um, and of course, more recently, I think it's been confirmed that the UK COVID inquiry is also going to look at the the uh, VIP fast track for PPE and the billions of pounds of public money, uh, much of which has never been accounted for, if we're honest, much of which went to the crony, the, 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 the Tory party's pals um, and often resulted in equipment which was not for, for purpose. I mean, we're not, at the moment, we're, we're having to uh, dispose of that uh, equipment and it's costing millions just to do that. So John I just wanted I just thought a little bit of context in terms of uh, the, the 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 position in terms of both inquiries. But I tell you what, um I think the reason that we're discussing this today is the revelation that government ministers in Scotland and senior officials routinely deleted electronic messages during the COVID-19 pandemic, which you'll remember, John, uh, how can we forget, ran from effectively March 2020 uh, to about March 2022, so two years. Now, in terms of this revelation that that records and messages uh, of uh, ministers and, you know, health, public health officials uh, have not been handed over to the inquiry and apparently... Uh, may have been deleted. I, I would really appreciate your thoughts on this, John, because to me, this just seems like a scandal 
which is hugely important and incredibly serious. Yeah, Mike, I agree. I think this is uh, this is big for me. Uh, a little bit more context, Mike. <coughs> excuse me before we go into the you know the the bigger issues, but the 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 Scottish. Uh, the the announcement I made, or the, sorry, the announcement opened with in August 2021, led to the terms of reference for the Scottish inquiry being confirmed in December 2021, and the stated aim of the the inquiry was to establish the facts of and learn lessons from the strategic response to the COVID nineteen pandemic in Scotland, and its scope, among other things, was to investigate the strategic elements of the handling of the pandemic relating to pandemic planning, and exercises carried out by the Scottish government the decisions to lock down and to apply other restrictions and the impact of those restrictions. It's a hugely wide remit, essentially going to the strat going to the heart of the strategy yeah. that the Scottish government employed. Uh, and uh, as uh, Nicola Sturgeon made clear, all WhatsApp messages uh, and Teams calls and such like would be included. And under the Inquiries Act, in any event, uh, Mike, they are classed as documents. The fact that they're electronic and uh, intangible makes no difference to the mm. inquiry. And uh, there are two inquiries running, but uh, although uh, Sturgeon announced the Scottish Inquiry in August 2021, that was quickly followed by the announcement of a UK COVID inquiry and these revelations that we are about to talk about have emerged as a result of the uh, one of the QCs, the Council, or sorry, cases, yep. uh, the Council for the UK inquiry, Jamie Dawson. I don't know if you know Jamie, Mike, big Jamie, uh, has kind of gone. Uh, <laughs> he's, uh, he's 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 uh, made a few headlines in the last day or so. He has indeed by, te by by telling the UK COVID inquiry because he's dealing with the Scottish aspects of that inquiry, which will hear evidence in Edinburgh in January, which is what this is all about. Module two mm. A, uh, uh, part of the inquiry, will move to Edinburgh in January. The UK inquiry, and Jamie uh, Dawson case, he has actually told. Uh, at a preliminary hearing yesterday, the chair of the inquiry that, incredibly, the Scottish government had 137 uh, WhatsApp groups or Teams groups, basically uh, uh, social kind of chat groups yep. relating to uh, the pandemic. And included on those uh, groups were 70, 70 individuals. And the UK COVID inquiry started in October 2022, so although it was announced after the Scottish inquiry, uh, the uh, actual inquiry itself uh, started to hear evidence and began a year ago, during which time uh, Jamie Dawson and uh, the solicitors to the inquiry have been trying to get various bits of information or, and, and, and pieces of information from the Scottish government uh, and uh, they've not had much success, I think, was the gist of what uh, Jamie Dawson said yesterday. Uh, indeed, in relation to the 137 WhatsApp groups uh, involving 70 individuals, Jamie Dawson said that the inquiry, i.e. his legal team, who are the legal team's inquiry, have received not one message from the Scottish government. Wow. So... Uh, this was raised at First Minister's questions yesterday by, by Douglas Ross, obviously incredibly serious. I mean, let's not forget, Mike, I mean, you know, COVID. I mean, 
God willing, neither of us, no, no one listening to this and, and no one we know will ever have to go through a pandemic or an experience uh, like COVID. And uh, I, I don't know anyone that, 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 that doesn't know someone that was affected by it through tragically losing their life or yeah. long COVID or other uh, effects uh, and, and consequences. And I, th I think I'm correct in saying around 17,000 people in Scotland lost their lives. It, it, could, it could barely be a more serious situation for a government uh, to handle. And uh, there could barely be a more serious inquiry, really, could there, for the uh, government of the UK or the government in Scotland and its inquiry uh, to deal with. So therefore, information is the currency in this inquiry. And quite rightly, uh, the inquiry... Uh, uh, council is not happy about the lack of information that appears to be coming from the Scottish Government. Needless to say, Hamza Yusuf is disputing that and the First Minister's questions yesterday said that all relevant information will be passed to the inquiry. That was his first red herring, in my opinion, that emerged yesterday. Uh, the, sec the second red herring was his statement that no decisions, no government decisions, Mike, are made yeah. on WhatsApp, okay? And if I can deal with those two red herrings just by way of, of, of opening up, Mike, the reason relevancy is not relevant is, is in any, you must know this. <laughs> you know, for goodness sake, you must know this. And that is because the Cabinet Office, the UK government, went to, took a judicial review against the UK COVID inquiry to the High Court in England, and uh, a decision was issued in July, and the, the, the Cabinet Office position was, you know, there's loads of personal stuff in these WhatsApp messages. You know, we need to redact them, and we need to decide what's relevant before we pass them over, and we're not just giving you them as you've requested. And yeah. the High Court basically said, no, you are giving us, you are giving those messages to the COVID inquiry. This is a judicial process. Discretion will be applied. Rules will be applied. And relevancy is a matter for the inquiry. Yeah. And, the, you know, under the assurance that no private information or confidential information or privileged information, which is protected under the Inquiries Act 2005, a UK statute, none of that will be in any way compromised. So the, the decision was clear, you know, and the UK government said, right, OK, well, let's go on with it. So Hanumza Yusuf saying yesterday that you'll pass whatever is relevant, and he kept saying that, he repeated it two or three times. It's just nonsense. It's absolute yep. nonsense. Yeah. Uh, it's not going it's, it's not going anywhere, that argument. Uh, and uh, the second red herring is that uh, he, he mentioned that uh, no decision-making, and I heard Patrick Grady on the radio, radio this morning, they're wheeling him out to defend the government. I heard him on the radio saying, you know, that no decisions are taken at government level or at ministerial level on WhatsApp. You know, thank goodness. Thank goodness no decisions are taken on WhatsApp. It wouldn't be very good to be running a government with WhatsApp, would it? But that is not the point, as no. Jamie Dawson made clear repeatedly in his submission yesterday, that context has to be placed in these decisions and he said it's clear from statements that have been given to the inquiry that the uh, discussions around what strategy to take, what decisions to take, what progress to make in relation to various measures throughout the pandemic were discussed on these chat groups. And for that reason, they're utterly 100% uh, relevant. And uh, the fact that, as, as Hamza Yusuf says, that the decisions per se were not taken on WhatsApp is nothing, and finally, just a, a, another kind of red herring, which is already, I think, I think, I think it was already 
dead before Hamza said it yesterday, which is that uh, uh, Jamie Dawson said on October the 3rd, I think he said, this year, the Scottish government wrote to the inquiry asking that the inquiry chair actually give an order uh, under what is uh, Rule 21 of the Inquiries Act, or Section 21, effectively forcing the Scottish government to give the information that the inquiry council want. I mean, this is a this is a as you know, Mike. This is a section of the Inquiries Act that would be normally used for witnesses or potential witnesses with information who are prevaricating, you know, are refusing to give information, are just playing daft, you know, playing silly. And the inquiry would say, right, well, I've had enough. You know, we 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 we've had enough here. We need this information, and we're now ordering you in terms of Rule Twenty One to give us that information. But bizarrely, the Scottish government seem to be saying to the inquiry, you know, that's what we need here. We need you to do that. And Jamie Dawson said yesterday, "Well, that's fine. We'll do that." You know, so so that kind of stalling tactic that, that the Scottish government appear to be using uh, is going nowhere either. So uh, the uh, political uh, fallout, or uh, not fallout, but the political context of this, Mike, for me is ex is, ex is is extremely serious because I don't see uh, at the moment a way out of uh, real problems here for the Scottish Government uh, if these messages uh, have gone missing, which they appear to happen. Well, John, I think that's a very helpful and succinct uh, analysis of, of quite a lot of complex issues. Let, let, let me shatter some myths here. Let me kind of just kind of follow up from some of the points that you've raised. You know what? It's not for the First Minister or the First Minister's special advisors to decide what's relevant. Uh, in terms of complying with the inquiry's orders to, pro to provide evidence. Um, as you've rightly pointed out, um, that's a matter for the inquiry. It has the skills, it has the powers to look at all this and deal with it accordingly. And as you say, it's about context. So let's shatter some other myths. These aren't private messages, you know, about somebody going on, well, nobody was going on holiday, it was COVID. So, I mean, th th what you've got is 137 groups in Scotland with the Scottish ministers and public, senior public officials discussing strategy, discussing tactics, you know, discussing, no doubt, different approaches and helping to form policy. Now, if you're discussing public health messages, um, sorry, if, you, if you're basically working out uh, a strategy for you know, restricting civil liberties, deciding who's getting treated in hospital, who's getting discharged into care homes. Why will that happen? None of that's private in my in my judgment. Uh, these are all matters of public uh, interest in terms of these inquiries in Edinburgh and London. Now, we've also heard, um, and I think um, the, the, the council uh, at the UK inquiry had made this point, that the former First Minister, Nicola Sturgeon, didn't like to send emails, um, didn't like to leave electronic paper trails. Rather, she liked to telephone officials uh, and give handwritten notes. Well, did the officials not keep any of the First Minister's handwritten notes? Or did they not keep notes themselves? Think about it. For a lot of the COVID period, there was full lockdown, John, and a lot of people were working from home. Um, so I think it's right for the inquiries council to say, very, very odd that nobody seems to have kept any records. And what the heck's going on with Jason Leach, the national clinical director? Remember, remember Jason Leach? He, he was never off the telly. 
Mm. Now you can't find the guy. I don't, no. don't know where he is at the minute because I think he's been, I think he's been thrown in that. Uh, you know that camper van that they all oh. put them on, like Katie Loudon's on it and Margaret Ferrier. And, you know what's his name, Derek Mackay. They're traveling around. He's some been rem- thrown in. He's been thrown in the camper van this some, morning. Some, re- some, they, some remote well, part the ta- of that. <laughs> the, the Times are trying to get a hold of him. The BBC yeah. are trying to get a hold of him, and he, he, you know, I would imagine uh, he might be speaking to his lawyers. I don't know if he's deleted well, those messages. They seek. They seek him here, John. They seek him there. Uh, Scarlet Pimpernel. Well, I mean, I, I, I just find it extraordinary that what we're now hearing is that Mr. Leach deleted, uh, sorry, deleted his uh, COVID messages every single day. Now, I, 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 I just ask you this, right? In what world does anyone think that a mm. senior public servant mm. um, would think that to delete your discussions of issues of the greatest importance? Probably in his entire career, yep. is something that is ethical, something that's sensible, something yep. that's appropriate. And I, I tell you another thing: we're also hearing that some Scottish ministers used, and indeed officials as well, used auto delete um, for their WhatsApp messages. Again, I didn't, I didn't even know that existed. Mate. I didn't well, know what that is. Neither did I. But apparently, this is this is what's been reported. And again, I would ask. Why would you take proactive steps to prevent and reduce accountability for your public decision making? Yeah. I mean, I, I find Absolutely. it, I find it morally yeah. uh, uh, and ethically reprehensible. Mike, that, that COVID, we can't. I neither of us can can articulate how big and how. Uh, the impact, how impactful COVID was. We, we can't, I mean, people describe, people will now say, you know, in, 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 in terms of, uh, you know, context or definition, something happened pre-COVID, you know, or something happened post-COVID. It's almost like a, a war, like a wartime reference, isn't it? It's like, you know, before the war, after the war. That's how big this is. Sure. And, and, and as I said earlier, you just hope and pray that, that we never have to go through it again. So what government official using using our time? You know they're all employed by us. You know the phones presumably are are, are government phones that we're paying for. Knowing and the knowledge that this was a country in lockdown, curfew, restriction of movement, restriction of liberty, uh, you know effectively detention in care homes. The, the restriction, the restrictions imposed, and the power given to these the, the, these these uh, government officials. Uh, you know, was was unprecedented. How did they possibly think that it was, as you say, moral, ethical, correct to every day discuss this through a chat forum or a WhatsApp group and then delete their messages? What's to be learned from that? What are the, what are the, the, the bereaved families to learn from that about the decision-making process? Why would you not? Because... You know, there's much been written about, you know, another pandemic is on its way, etc. The World Health Organization is is effectively, you know, saying that if another pandemic arises, then we can unilaterally, and I think a lot of governments have approved this, you know, enforce a lockdown internationally. You know, are we not to, 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 to learn how to cope with that from evidence that was available, information that was retained from earlier uh, pandemics? It just beggars belief that they think that they can do this. Yeah. Uh, 
It really does. And I don't begin to understand it. How is that governing for the people? How is that helping those that will follow and that will perhaps govern, hopefully never, but may well govern in uh, such circumstances in the future? How does deleting all this information, you know, or destroying this information assist them in their considerations and thus assist the public and thus, thus presumably possibly help to prevent deaths. It's, it's, well, it's disgraceful. It's terrible. Well, well, John, it, it, it doesn't help any any of those uh, things that you've talked about in the slightest. And and I have to say, I think, you know, the deletion of evidence of public discussions in terms of decision-making, I think it's, it's really the most morally reprehensible uh, you know, dereliction of duty as a public as a public servant. Because let's remember, whether you're the first minister, whether you're a minister, whether you're a senior civil servant, whether you're the national clinical director uh, in the NHS Scotland, you know what? You're a public servant. You're there mm -hmm. to serve the people. And can I just remind ourselves of the context? Over a year ago, John, the former first minister, Nicola Sturgeon, claimed at a meeting of Holyrood, what well, was the, the committee uh, of conveners of uh, Holyrood, she said, my government is as transparent as possible. Now, this was in relation to the bungled Calmac ferry scandal and the secrecy around how the contracts came to be awarded uh, in the first place and how they were managed. And of course, that particular burach might end up costing us about half a billion pounds. Uh, more than five times the original budget for two ferries. And here's what, here's the kicker. We might not even end up with two ferries that are that are fit for purpose at the end of all of that. This is then followed last year with the, the permanent secretary, uh, relatively recently new, uh, John Paul Marx. And he said to civil servants, uh, you must uh, adopt uh, a rigorous approach to record keeping. John, how 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 can we square this with the ridiculous fact that we now find that two years worth of discussions uh, uh, around uh, all COVID decisions in Scotland were either deleted or not kept? I mean, it really is shameful, and it really is beyond the pale. And well, as well, you, if, yeah. sorry, sorry, no, I was just going to say that. Uh, I mean, you you talked about um Jamie Dawson Casey uh at the UK inquiry yesterday. Um and I had noted him saying all they had got from the Scottish government was three notebooks. Right? Uh no WhatsApp messages. Apparently there are more notebooks. There are more notebooks, but they weren't handed over. No doubt because somebody thought they weren't relevant, right? Um that's in a, that's in a year. That's that's a year. That's so year. so that's a year. And you know I tell you what, I, I was listening to, this was just actually this afternoon, John. Um, we were recording this on Friday, the 27th of October. So there was impact evidence that was that was given to the Scottish COVID inquiry by the, the Scottish COVID bereaved. Uh, and that so that took place today in Edinburgh. And there was a witness uh, who spoke um, very eloquently, I thought, and, and, and very, it was quite emotional. Um, uh, her name was Jane Morrison and she spoke to journalists after giving her evidence and she was asked about the deleted and missing messages and uh, what she said was that in her view if any politician or officials had done this to avoid scrutiny she didn't know how they could sleep at night John 
Yeah. Uh, neither do I. Because what, what you're effectively doing is you're, if, if you're doing that with a view to restricting accountability, then what you're doing is you're hampering the ability uh, of whether it's the Scottish inquiry or the UK inquiry of ever getting to the truth of what actually happened and why decisions yeah. were reached. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, Mike. And, and, and when you consider the uh, protocol that the Scottish inquiry, I mean, th th there's two inquiries here. One's, you know, but th th the rules surrounding both are essentially the same. Uh, and I think when the Scottish government in August 21 announced the Scottish inquiry, they were hoping that the UK inquiry would exclude Scotland because they had already announced the Scottish inquiry. But that's backfired spectacularly because the UK inquiry will include Scotland. As I said, yeah. it's coming to Edinburgh in January to hear specifically about Scotland. And this uh, is... Uh, issue over WhatsApp message relates to the UK inquiry. But as you've rightly pointed out, Mike, there is evidence ongoing in the Scottish inquiry, but the, effectively the rules of procedure are the same and they're governed by the Inquiries Act. And the protocol, Mike, for the Scottish inquiry, sorry, for the UK inquiry, is people who receive a notice or any other request for information should provide information requested by the inquiry in clean, unredacted and original format. They should not make any redaction to the information provided. The inquiry must receive the documents unredacted and providers are reminded that section 35 subsection 3 of the Inquiries Act 2005 makes it an offence, an offence mate, that's a mm. criminal offence, to intentionally suppress or conceal a document which the inquiry is likely to wish to obtain or to alter or destroy such a document. So if you alter or destroy, i.e. delete, a document uh, which the inquiry is likely to wish to obtain, you are committing an offence under Section 35, Subsection 3 of the Inquiries Act 2005. Now, you know, this is, this is why this, in my opinion, is particularly serious, because if there were 300... Uh, and many WhatsApp groups were there, 137, 137 groups in, yeah. involving 70 individuals and the UK in COVID inquiry so far has received no messages from any of those uh, groups, yeah. then, uh, you know, I, I can see why uh, the, the KC to the inquiry, Jamie Dawson, uh, was quite, uh, uh, quite animated uh, when he was making his address yesterday. And that... Uh, Mike, that, that, that as you know, there was a do not destroy a DND notice, which yeah. you, you may have heard Hamza Yusuf refer to at First Minister's questions yesterday. Uh, there was a DND notice, do not destroy notice issued for the Scottish Inquiry on 5th August 2022. And, and that's a notice that the Inquiry Chair will, 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 will issue saying, look, don't destroy any documents at all. And as we've discussed earlier, Mike, documents means in an electronic format also. Uh, anything at all to do with this inquiry. Now, if these if these uh, messages have been deleted or destroyed, or documents deleted or destroyed, subsequent to that, do not destroy notice on fifth August twenty twenty two. Then I wouldn't like to be in the shoes of the person that did that. No. Even then, even then, the the uh, inquiry was announced a year prior to the do not destroy notice. And if any documents were destroyed in that 12-month period from August 21 to August 2022, again, uh, I, I wouldn't be sleeping easy tonight. 
But even then, as you've pointed out, Mike, uh, and, and we've discussed, the very fact of the pandemic itself, the very context, the very situation, the unprecedented nature of it, anyone involved in that must have known that, you know, ultimately there will be an inquiry here. And they must have known the purpose of that inquiry and the fact that what they were discussing and the decisions they were making and the information that informed those decisions should be retained to assist the public for the benefit of the public, you know, John, I mean, to, John, provide I... some, some, to provide some yeah. solace and some some comfort to the traumatised uh, families of, of, of those who died. I, I, I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head, John, when you said... You know, this was unprecedented. Right? Let, let, let's think about this. Put this in, put this in the kind of the wider sort of context. This will be the biggest thing, I think, that those that were involved, whether it was Scottish ministers, whether it was Nicola Sturgeon, whether it was Hamza Youssef, uh, Jason Leach, whoever was involved in terms of the decision-making around this, this, I think this is the biggest thing that they've had to do in their professional careers. I mean, I can't think of anything bigger, right? You know, it went on for almost two years. And as you said, the amount of people that died, the amount of people that suffered, uh, it, it, it was staggering uh, and truly, truly grim, truly shocking and and just awful. So I would, I would suggest to you, John, and I appreciate your thoughts on this, because I think... You know, as we get to the end of the show, I'd, I'd like for us to focus on, like, you know, how does this all move forward? <clears throat> so I like to sort of say, well, look, as a proposition, I think that something that went on for two years and was such a profound loss of life, a profound, uh, you know, uh, restriction on civil liberties for so many people. I mean, do you remember, for a long time, you were only able to go to the shops into the park. I mean, think about it. Your your whole liberty was restricted, right? Um, and all sorts of things happened that, that we were we were absolutely, you know, we couldn't understand why why were why were people being discharged at the care homes? And then, you know, I mean all sorts of things, John, right? So this is this is huge, this is big. So my proposition to you is anybody that was involved in that two-year process of making decisions that's deleted the records of some of those discussions. I just think that in itself is completely inexcusable. I think for anyone that's done that, whether you're a civil servant or a politician, I would suggest surely uh, that it, it's, a, it's an issue for resignation, John. It's that serious, right? And it could be an issue for uh, potential prosecution, as you've talked about in terms of the actual inquiry rules. Now, in that regard... Um, Given that, for example, just looking at the position in terms of Scotland, we know this is the same thing in terms of what Boris Johnson got up to um, uh, and, you know, uh, Rishi Sunak in terms of, oh, I changed my phone, da 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 all sorts of stuff, right? But let's focus on Scotland. Um, 70 people, as you said, uh, that were involved in Scotland in making those decisions, 137 WhatsApp groups. If people have deleted their messages, um, let's say, uh, after the do not destroy orders in August 2022, or even I would argue before then is, is utterly inexcusable, how would the inquiry know that? Surely, John, and I appreciate your thoughts on this, would you not think the inquiry should um, 
get its hands on the actual phones that were involved by those 70 individuals and the passwords and instruct their own IT experts to interrogate them to find out exactly what went on. Um, or is there some other way, for example, to find out when things were deleted, why they were deleted? I mean, I suppose what I'm saying to you is that is that if we end up, and I'll, and I'll finish on this point, if we ended up in a situation where there is nothing handed over in Scotland to the COVID inquiry, because it's all been de destroyed effectively, right? Um, then how do we move forward from that? Do we just say, well, that's fine, people people can walk off scot-free? Do we say, well, no, 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 this should never have happened in the first place. There needs to be repercussions because this is so serious, right? Um, how do we move that forward? And I tell you, how could it be possible, John? And I've looked at the Scottish Ministerial Code and the Civil Service Code, and I looked at it today. Um, there's a 2023 version. All I'm saying to you is, you know, there's a little bit in it about if ministers meet with third parties, you know, external groups or or whoever, there has to be some civil servant to take notes, right? Um, but all I'm sort of suggesting to you is that in terms of what happened in these discussions, if it's the case, and I think it may, it may well be the case, that there's nothing to prevent that in the Scottish Ministerial Code. If it's the case, there's nothing to prevent that happening, or there's nothing to prevent that happening in the Civil Service Code, I'm suggesting to you as well, John, that cannot be fit for purpose. That cannot be permissible, surely. I agree entirely with your last point, Mike. It was a feature of the Salmond Inquiry, these unminuted meetings. I mean, someone on the, the news last night, one of the bereaved family members, said, uh, because Swinney had said, uh, John Swinney had said at some point he didn't take notes, you know, at the meeting, the usual stuff. And uh, this lady said, well, he might not take notes, but the meeting I was at with him, there was a civil servant there, and, you know, they certainly took notes, you know. Uh, yeah. But I think you've made a, I, th I think the problem in ministerial code is, that one of the problems is that the, you know, it, it doesn't seem to cater much for a government or, 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 or its ministers being investigated for their conduct themselves, uh, or, or if they are, that's to be placed in the hands of the first minister. But you know, the last well, this first minister isn't under investigation yet, but the last one was, and, and it's just it's inadequate. It needs to be looked at. But Mike, see on the point of the of the information itself, what Jamie Dawson said yesterday, what he kept using the word the uh, gradual when describing the flow of information from the Scottish government that was that was received by. Uh, by his legal team, uh, and that it had a lack of clarity. Mm. And what what he had actually reduced uh, uh, his team to doing was prepare a, a kind of chart for the Scottish government, that, that, that a kind of spreadsheet for them. And they were to actually, the way I interpreted his submission, they were to uh, fill in the blanks and let, let, let the legal team, the inquiry's legal team, Jamie Dawson's legal team, uh, you know, who was on the WhatsApp groups, when, you know, uh, many chats there were, who was on them, uh, when they left, what was discussed, etc. Effectively just filling in blanks. And, uh, but he said uh, that uh, on, on the question of deletion, he, he was uh, uh, going to find out whether messages were deleted, if so, how they were deleted, why they were deleted, and on what basis, legal or policy, uh, they were deleted. Uh, 
And uh, once he had that information, yeah. he would then decide what to do next. Yeah. Which, I mean, that's devastating. I mean, Jamie's, like Jamie's coming to get you. And, you know, uh, that then leads on what to do next. Yeah. Because he may well, as a lawyer, not that he's got any, any particular say in it, but he may well, as a lawyer, think, I think an offence has been committed along the lines of what we've just spoken about, Mike, earlier. Mm. And that would then go on to the, the point that you made, Mike, about perhaps phones being seized mm -hmm. or some kind of uh, forensic analysis of the phones. I think that would, I don't think, I think, I mean, I would think that would almost certainly be out with the stated remit of the inquiry itself, which at the end of the day is to try to, you know, we'll, we'll go over what their aims are and what their yeah. remit is. But I think when when there's a suggestion that the conduct involved here could on the face of it, and I say on the face of it, constitute an offence, then I think that would have to involve the police at that stage for phones to be forensically examined, etc. But the very fact we're talking about this, you know, it's incredible. And Jamie, Jamie uh, Dawson did say that that he found he found it uh, surprising that there were so that, that basically no messages were received from the Scottish government when the UK government, despite its original. Uh, you know, uh, litigation to try to avoid passing on the messages once that litigation was unsuccessful, it had actually given, you know, a substantial, I think, I can't remember the actual words he used, but he basically said there's a there's a kind of voluminous amount of information on WhatsApp and such of these groups, teams groups, etc., being received from the UK government. And he was surprised the Scottish government seemed to hold none. Yeah. So uh, huge questions, Mike, huge questions to be asked. No, absolutely, John. I mean, I I think that's been helpful just to kind of you know Aye. just kind of explain some of the some of the issues yeah. and actually where it's all heading. And obviously, yeah, it, it, I think I think we'll watch it with great interest in terms of yeah. what response yeah. um, Jamie Dawson gets from uh, from and what the inquiry gets from the Scottish government because I don't, as you've said. This is just the start of it. It's, it's it's you know it's a long way from being over. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, of course, Hamza, Hamza was health minister at one point, I think, during the, the pandemic. So, indeed, he, indeed, he's in the middle of it all as well, isn't he? Indeed. Anyway, well, look, um, we'll wrap it up there, John. And okay, uh, of course, we're back next week, and really excited. We've got a, a guest on, um, yeah, and uh, Dr. Callum McLeod, uh, and we're going to be discussing all things land reform in Scotland. Uh, in the, the for the yeah. uh, the common good, Great. so that I think that'll be fantastic, brilliant. Great. Okay, mate. You have a good weekend. Thanks a lot. Cheers. Speak to you later. Bye. -bye.